Okay, so are we starting wetsuits or cold showers? We finished with wetsuits last, last yeah, time. Yeah, we did. Ran- really randomly, we finished with wetsuits. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it's just, yeah, just talking nonsense. It was going off on quite the tangent when we got to wetsuits. It felt like we'd had enough-ish in that episode uh, for once. But I have been doing the cold showers. Uh, and I think I'm, I've done four now, four days in a row. Uh, I can confirm I've not worn a wetsuit to do it. So, no, firstly, so the wetsuit... So hang on, remind us about what happened with the wetsuit because there's going to be people listening thinking, I genuinely don't know what you're talking about, wetsuits oh, for and cold showers. The, the wetsuits are completely <laughs> separate to cold showers. Well, no, the wetsuits were brought up because I said, can I wear a wetsuit when I do the cold shower? And then it won't be so cold. Um, no, and then I, I, yeah, if you didn't listen to last week's episodes, I mean, where have you been? But I was, uh, yeah, I said I had a story about a wetsuit. And actually, I'll tell the story now because it's a bit unfair. But uh, when I was training as a junior, so sort of 14 years old, uh, we, were, we trained in this uh, in these clay courts, which were just in this sort of canvas cover. And it was absolutely freezing. It was colder in there than it was outside. And when I say cold, I mean, we were you know, regularly training in minus numbers, Celsius for the American listeners. So it's cold, very cold. Ouch. Um, yeah. And uh, it was, uh, <laughs> yeah, quite, quite extraordinary. Anyway, so one of the coaches um, was quite warm on one session because he had this like full body suit thermal thing. Um, and it was, uh, he was just like, actually guys, this is genius. Like I feel really good. And there was one guy who was sort of particularly scrawny and struggled more than anybody else, you know, in, in the, in the cold, like he really was like, I just can't play in minus five. I just can't move my arms. (laughs) So he said, right, I'm going to, I'm going to take the coach up on what he's saying. I'm going to get one of those things. Anyway, comes to the next session. He's got He's got a full body suit on underneath his clothes. Not just that. That would be a bit bizarre. Uh, he's got clothes on over the top. And anyway, he starts he starts sweating and panting and he's really not looking well. And basically he's overheating. And it turned out that what he'd bought was a wetsuit, not thermals. So he was just wearing this like inch thick proper like but like proper arctic wetsuit because it's in rubber like a rubber yeah a rubber wetsuit. Rub, i don't know how he was like even moving it just it was so ridiculous but we couldn't tell because he had like clothes over the top and trousers on and all sorts we had loads of layers on and uh, yeah no so he um yeah it was just very funny that we we just laughed for a very long time that but he did come he to not training in a wetsuit did he not notice when he was sort of squeezing himself into a rubber suit that it might not be thermal and it might be a wetsuit. I mean, did it not give the game away as he's trying to sort of squeeze his body into this well, suit I mean, of we're rubber? Like, we're like 14, 15 years old. And um, yeah, I suppose. But I think he was so focused on getting the warmest possible thing. So even when he was <laughs> like with wetsuits, I think he got like a particularly heavy duty one. Like, as I say, like Fort Arctic, like goes down to, you know, works in temperatures of minus 50 type ridiculousness. And uh, he was like, yeah, yeah, that'll do. And he was like, I'm going to go expensive. I'm going to get a really good one. And then it was just, I mean, it was ma- absolute madness that he was just in a wetsuit. But it was a, <laughs> a really good laugh for all of us. <laughs> we've had that recently at school because covid is still around what they do in the classrooms is they keep i feel sorry for the children they keep all the doors and windows open so it's freezing so they're kind of sitting there shivering so we got a letter an email from school saying you know if you want to wear like long sleeve thermal stuff under your whatever then you can keep them warm 
and and one of the boy's friends went in in like a like a camouflage thermal top and at the age of six that's really cool so they've got this sort of light blue sort of polo and a, and then a dark blue jumper and when they take the jumper off they've got this kind of camouflage sort of long sleeves on it and the boys all think it's so cool so suddenly they all wanted them and there's this one shop Marks and Spencer very good for underwear and school uniform and it was basically selling out of this camouflage top and when you go to pick up at school they're meant to look you know lovely in their jumpers and their polos they're just all running around like camouflage tops the school were like <laughs> could you not find anything plain I was like no 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 so they yeah it is it's not a wetsuit I'd just like to clarify it is thermal nice. um yeah but they're allowed extra layers because for ventilation reasons the doors and windows are open um but I was thinking with the cold showers that you actually you left me a voice message I just finished my run and I've been doing my cold showers after my run. You left me a voice note. And, you know, you're sort of saying, well, yeah, you've done, I think, what are you saying? I've done, I've washed myself in the cold shower. <laughs> I've done like, <laughs> was it quite. 30 seconds or something? Not quite, no, oh. no. I, I, so I, I, I set it up. I, I, I did a little bit of research looking into how you're supposed to do it. Uh, and so I just go straight, I'm, I'm going straight into the cold shower. None of this hot stuff before, because surely that just makes you hotter. And then you drop down into the, it would just be worse going into the cold so, no, I go um, straight into the cold. That's what I do. So I reminded myself why you don't do things with athletes. Because cause you guys are nuts. Because, as you say, you just do it like that. You do the cold shower. You will research it. You will nail it. You will do it. And there's me going hot to cold. I haven't even spelled Ingrid yet. I actually regressed from G to N. <laughs> no. <laughs> I, I haven't even completed her name yet. And there's you going just a cold shower and a washing of a cold shower. And I was like, this is why. No, I don't know. Don't... I, so, no, I just do 30 seconds. So I set my timer oh, up. It's a so it's going. You, and then I jump in. set a timer. And I do oh. 30 seconds. Uh, that's, what, that's what you need to do. So, um, yeah, just to, to get used to it. And, uh, yeah, it, it's quite funny because I get about 15 seconds in of, you know, real sort of shock factor. And then when I look at the clock and I'm like, oh, no, I've still got 15 seconds left. Then I start spelling out Ingrid. <laughs> it's really <laughs> tough to make Ingrid last for 15 seconds. So I just keep going round and round and round. And I spell it so wrong. Because I, I don't know why I just keep going I-N-G-R-I-E-D-A-I-N. Like just nonsense letters. It doesn't spell Ingrid at all. But, um, yeah, it gets me through. And then before you know it, I've spelled Ingrid a few times. And I'm, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm done. Right. I'm out. I'm hopping out I and I'm feeling I good. I haven't even spelled spelt it once. It was difficult to stay there because while spelling out the name, I'm also screaming because I'm just a wuss and it's really cold. And our bathroom is above our kitchen at the moment. My other half's working from home, as is now uh, the mandate in the UK to work from home. So he was on quite an important call with quite a few people. And I've literally been screaming every morning because I just can't take it. So today I knew I couldn't scream. So it's kind of, I knew I couldn't scream. I was trying to spell out the letter. It was just horrible. It's just, I'm I'm such a wuss. I just can't do it. But note to people out there, don't go into challenges with athletes, former, current, whatever. Because you guys have a different mindset. This why? is why. You, no, this is why you have got to the pinnacle you've got you've got to 200 in the world this is why you've got there because you have a mindset you know you have a mindset that is different to my mindset you know I'm going to give it a go and I'll get there in the end but you've already shot past me spell Ingrid about seven times you've got a timer on your cold shower and you don't even have a hot shower I mean it's I feel I just feel a little bit despondent but you know what 
I'm going to keep going. No, don't feel despondent. <laughs> That's, that wasn't the point at all. No, I just do. It's only 30 seconds. It's not like I'm in there That's, for 10 minutes like some people That's are. a lie. I can't, I, I can't spell it. Actually, I have to say, it did inspire me after your voice note and your 30 seconds. I still started hot. I did get further into Ingrid than I had done before. So I took it as a positive. I was like, right, you've done there it. You go. I'm going to do it. So, yeah, I'm maybe by the end of the year, we haven't got that long left, have we? I might have spelt her name, but there's people going, it's not hard. I just, I'm just, I'm not brave. It's hard. So, but I'm, you know what? I'm going to keep it going and and let's see how, if anyone's listening and they've tried it, let us know. Uh, there's, as I say, people listening going, it's ridiculous. I mean, it, uh, one of our friends, Russell from ATP Tennis Radio, what was ATP Tennis Radio, mm. I think he's in there for like 10 minutes. We just cold showers. Mm. I didn't know that. But I think, yeah, that's no, why I think that's what, my aim is to get to that. But I think he listens to podcasts about them and I think he does full on five, ten minutes in there the shower. podcasts about cold showers. Well, oh no, now you're going to go and find podcasts. It's <laughs> so exciting. He's, he, he, like you, has done research. I have not done any. <laughs> um, one thing though that, that's changed in just the week since we last chatted on the pod is, is the situation with COVID. As I mentioned, in the UK it's now work from home, try and just be sensible with everything you do it's it's out there it's spreading and we got the news that Emma Raducanu won't be able to take part in the exhibition in Abu Dhabi because she's positive for COVID we believe that she's that she's fine in terms of having COVID and if you're looking for positives she will be clear to go to Australia everything being well and good when that comes around yeah just unfortunate isn't it I mean uh yeah, I mean, it could happen to anyone at any time, so she's having to isolate. But, you know, that's a bit of an issue. She can't train. So um, she's housebound yeah. for a significant amount of time, you know, 10 days of, you know, not being able to run, play tennis, that sort of thing. You know, she's already had her rest. She's back in training. So, um, yeah, it's it's not ideal in, in any sense. She would much rather, you know, she decided that the ideal preparation would be to, to play in that, that event, um, and that's not going to happen. So... Yeah, I think uh, it's a bit of uh, a bit of a double blow. You know, it's not great for the event that she can't go. They've got a fantastic um, player now going in on Shabur, so that's going to be fabulous. Um, but yeah, just you know, ten days not being able to play, she's going to have to play a little bit of catch up to get ready, body ready as well. You know, this is, it's all everything's quite new for Emma at the level, so she do, at this level, so she doesn't want to go out there and get injured if her body's not quite ready so you know that you've got to got to be careful but that's what that's what you pay your experts for to uh make sure they're on top of all of this <laughs> you mentioned on Shabur, she'll take on belinda bencic no dominic team or casper Ruud now they have withdrawn to be replaced that would have been dominic team's return um from injury they're going to be replaced by taylor fritz and dan evans andy murray is already out there he's been doing press and the other news again tennis it doesn't stop i mean i guess this is the time when if changes are going to happen in your camp they're going to happen um jamie delgado is going to be working with dennis shapovalov who's also out in abu dhabi and andy murray is trialing with yandavit long-term coach of shield simon he work is. with game of feast most recently with nicholas and I thought it interesting I saw a quote from Andy Murray today when asked about it and he said I guess this is it this is this is his last roll of the dice this is the last roll of the dice I guess mentally and physically and he wants to get the best out of it than he possibly can do yeah and um, you know he needs all the help that he can get and 
if we just think about his 2021 season, how close he has been on so many occasions, all of the tight, tight matches, pushing the very, very best. He got plenty of wins as well, don't get me wrong. But it felt like he was just so tantalisingly, frustratingly close to really gaining some serious momentum with the level that he was producing. Um, And it was just tough because the draws didn't go his way. He had really tough draws a lot of the time. And that was when he would produce the the real great tennis and nearly, nearly win those sorts of things. So maybe this can make the difference. Just a little bit of a freshen up with the the coaching team. He's been good buddies with Delgie for a long time. And and Jamie's been a, a part of his team for such a long time. He's been a fantastic coach for him. But something a little bit different might just give him the extra two, three percent that gets him over the line in a couple of those matches. And then he starts going on runs deeper in the tournament. You build more confidence. You know, the knock on effect is absolutely huge. The difference between winning and losing that first round of a tournament against, say, a top 20 player, whether it was six in the third or or whatever it was that, that Andy went through. Um, you know, you cannot be overstated because the, the the impact that has you get to play again, you get another chance. You've just beaten the seed, so you're then playing somebody unseeded. You know, all of that stuff. He doesn't get that chance if you if you fall down at that first hurdle. So maybe this will maybe this will just tip him over and he'll start going on a good run in 2022. Would you agree that this is probably the last roll of the dice for him in terms of where he's at, what he's been through, and what he's had to come through? to get back to where he now is sure but i don't know where he's found this dice from because i thought they were all used <laughs> up there were no more goes i thought the game had ended a long time ago and and i'm i'm delighted and you know, to be honest should not be surprised that i've been proved wrong as everybody has been proved wrong by andy murray so many times in his career but you know this has been you know significant and if you watch the resurfacing documentary you know when he was chatting I think it was with Leighton Hewitt who had had this is before you know a couple of surgeries before who'd had a similar situation he'd had the the, the same operation and Andy was saying well did you still get pain this long after and he said no absolutely not but Andy was still experiencing pain you know things have just not quite gone his way um in in so many ways and you know he's playing with a metal hip we all remember him hobbling around at Wimbledon in that match against Sam Querrey and it's just it's just beyond remarkable what he's been able to achieve to come back as I say like last roll of the dice I don't know what he's doing like what what game is he playing (laughs) (laughs) you should not have any more lives left you know your nine lives is a cat I mean he's on about 15 I think but um you know if there is a way he will find it that's it if if he can't do it it's because there's no possible way and I think the desire is clear because he's because he is mixing up his team and because he wants to bring a new voice on board and board because it would be very easy for him to say, I know what I've got to do and I know what I've got to do to get there. And I've got a team around me who I trust and we work well together. It'd been very easy to stay there because he has achieved absolutely everything. But it, it really does show his desire that he's trying. It's not just the end of it. He's trialing coaches to see who can bring something that he feels he needs just to get that extra little bit of out, a little bit out of him that he feels is still there. Yeah, it's what he's always been all about. Isn't it? That's that's how he's approached his career from the start, which is not easy to do when you have the level of talent that Andy has. You know, so much of the time we're used to the really talented kids get a bit lazy because, well, you know, they can just sort of flick the ball around and win. And it is extraordinary when it comes together, when you have the work rate 
with the level of talent that's where you get Federer and Murray and you know those others um that are able to do that and it is just incredible to watch because you know how I don't know how you get a work ethic like that when you're when life really moving through the junior ranks particularly is just so easy so yeah it's absolutely extraordinary as I say if there's a way he will find it um and hopefully as you say there is just uh one one roll of the dice that he can uh, give it another go with now talking about talented and lazy it brings me on to bernard tomic <laughs> i don't oh, is wow. that fair or, or is that unfair i do think, you that, think that's fair. do you think we've ever mentioned him in this pod do you think i don't I, think we have uh, think we oh have. yes 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 remember was it during cuz he came through qualies didn't he in the ah. middle east last year and he had this kind of girlfriend or well, kind of he had a girlfriend who was also uh oh, wasn't she yes some, remember she was doing the videos of the whole quarantine thing oh, isn't no. she some she, kind of reality couldn't, couldn't wash her own she hair couldn't, she couldn't wash it that was it she couldn't <laughs> wash her hair and she's some reality or something person uh is was they're not together anymore i should state uh from what i've read um and she was, yeah, she couldn't wash her hair and she was up in arms that, you know, it, and everyone's like, you've got to be kidding me with everything that everyone's going through. Yeah. It does not matter that, because it, no, that's because she'd never washed her own hair before. Yeah, that's what she Remember. was saying is that she, no, I think her complaint was, I have to wash my own hair. And everyone was like, yes. I don't really know what you're talking about. And then she clarified, well, I just don't wash my hair. That must mean she goes to the salon. Like she must be going at least once a week, right? Or she just doesn't. I mean, I wash my hair every day because I run. And when I run, I get sweaty. Yeah. I don't know, it's because I'm just unfit or would I just sweat a lot. So every day is every a bit week. much, though. It's a bit much. No, but is it? No, you're but supposed, if you go you're running... supposed to do it less, aren't you? That's what all the hairdressers, they su- always why are you say. Supposed to... I only wash it every few days. But my hair looks all right. <laughs> I mean, it's just, if I, if I, yeah. if I go for a run... That's what the hairdressers run... say. If you wash it every day, it's going to look like Gigi. It's going to be a nightmare. But... <laughs> <laughs> Thing is, you go. For, I go for a run... And I sweat a lot and you come back and I just, you know, I I don't know. I have to, I probably to one extreme, she's probably to the other. So yes, so we have talked about him before on the pod because it was last year and then he came through qualies and I think everyone said, oh, well, maybe here we go. And, you know, he's got this girlfriend by his side who he seems happy with and he seems settled and then it all sort of disappeared again and I was recently reading some articles he sort of put himself he's created an Instagram account now he has said that he has parted ways he said he thought it was good at the time but not good with said girlfriend so she's now washing her hair somewhere else yeah and he he wants to he's he's what 29 years of age now Bernard Tomic um wants to make a go of it wants to put everything into it apparently he's training very seriously at the moment he's open to talking to the media in the past you know he's he's the one wasn't it the comment we said i've got enough money i'm just gonna go and sit and count my money so i don't know whether the money's run out or he's just bored of counting the money that he has but he and he is so talented and he's decided i i don't know at the age of 29 i don't know maybe it is possible i you never really know what's going on inside a person but i can you see a bernard tomic come back after all this time and everything that's gone on well what's a comeback right you know he did go through a phase where you know when he stopped getting wild cards for australian open he then was qualifying for australian open so if he were to qualify for a grand slam is that a comeback is it back to his best ranking i mean what i don't know what what qualifies um a comeback for him because 
you know, yeah, he is one of those players that has found an awful lot of tennis very easy. He is incredibly uh, talented, very, very able on the court. And and things were very easy for him when he was a junior because he was just so, so good. Um, and that's why he had so many ambitions. And, you know, I remember hearing him say when, when well, he was very young, I'm going to win all four Grand Slams before the age of, I don't know, I'm going to say 21, but something ridiculous. And, uh, yeah, then he got, got to the ATV tour and was like, oh, uh, this is uh, much more <laughs> difficult. Um, so, yeah, I mean, look, welcome back, Tomic. <laughs> I, I will welcome him with open arms because, you know, he can play some fantastic tennis. I think he's going to have a lot of work to do to catch up, though. You know, that's a lot of reps that you just need yeah. to go over and over to get that level of consistency and it's one thing being able to pick up your level but can you bank on it when things get tight that's you know match tightness you know he's going to have to work his way up so yeah I don't know I mean can he get back to his best I don't really see it but if he does you know good for him Uh, but we have heard this before from him haven't we because remember when he did the I'm a Celebrity he went into the jungle, oh, uh, yes. the Australian version of I'm a Celebrity, and he walked out because... 2018, yeah. Because he realised how much he loved tennis and that he really wanted to knuckle down. He wanted to get back out on tour. He wanted to work hard. He wanted to do all this. You know, that didn't really happen. So, you know, we, we, we have been here before, but, you know, you do get a sense of time is running out. And for those players that maybe have stopped playing early or are maybe not knuckling down as they they could you you get a realization okay I've got a few years here where I could actually do it am I going to do it or am I not he's decided he's going to give it a go so hey watch this space well you got to feel we just talked about very different but a last roll of the dice for Andy Murray you've got to think at, at 29 for Tomic this has got to be a last real shot in terms of putting the body through everything as you say he's got to do extra than others and at that age and everything how he's treated his body up to this point that this is surely the last time that he's... But look, the Instagram account's been created. There's lots of videos being posted of him training. And the the talk is good at the moment. And the interviews <laughs> he's giving and the stuff he's saying. You know, he's saying, I regret a few of those things I said. I would like to do this. I'd, but, you know, when he gets into a pressure situation, when he's maybe not getting the wins, maybe if he doesn't qualify for Australia, does he have a meltdown does he go mental and say I hate it again you know it maybe it's all nice during pre-season because there isn't that pressure he's just training there isn't being the situation when he's about to lose or he's coming through I I don't know but you have to think because what he was 17 in the world at his highest and he's 242 in the world or he was I think in the middle of this year he's around 242 so it's great that he wants to do it. And look, there's no better time if you're an Aussie than the Australian summer because there's a whole raft of tournaments. There might be the odd tournament that says, hey, Bernard, we'll give you an opportunity or not. I don't know. And then he'll go through the qualifying process. So, I mean, best of luck to him. But it's going to be interesting to see, as you said, he said it before. 
We said it before. Is he going to, I don't know, is he going to be your one to watch for 2022? No, <laughs> but uh, okay. I'll definitely keep it. I'll keep an eye on it. And I just love that you put him and Andy Murray in the same category. It's the roll no, of the dice no. for Murray whoa, whoa, whoa. and Tomich. No. They're basically and I, the same. And I, I said, I know, <laughs> I said, if, if you now rewind on this podcast, I said it's the same, but very, very different mm. in that, in that I'm just talking in terms very of similar. A, a last, no, but in terms of a last shot, surely if Andy Murray gets a new coach goes through everything but still cannot beat the very top players which is what he wants to do at some point he might say you know what I've given it everything and for Bernard Tomic surely now at the age of 29 having had multiple comebacks if this one doesn't work out surely we're not in a couple of years time at the age of 31 Bernard Tomic is surely this is his last chance of taking any goodwill there might be there towards him and giving it a shot of getting back into some kind of ranking and form. So that's how they're similar in terms of a last kind of chance, but for very different reasons. I don't know. I think he could uh, he could have another crack at it in a couple of years. Really? Yeah. He's got time. Really? Really? You think so? Wow. Okay. Well, we're going to watch that one. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. And another piece of news is Mark Lopez. Mark Lopez has joined the Nadal coaching team. There you go. Their best friend. friend. Yeah, exactly. He's on board. (laughs) They've won, you know, the gold at Olympics together in the double. I mean, so that's, oh look, there's this, uh, Johanna Conta's got married. She said it was, it was happening. It's happened. Yes. So... She's no longer a tennis player. That's weird. She's no longer a tennis player. Or are you always a tennis player? Mm, well, no, she's, she's, not, she's not a professional tennis player, is she, anymore? But that's, that's weird to say that. Johanna Contra is, is no longer a professional tennis player. Is she a retiree? <laughs> it's like a former... That sounds quite weird to say, doesn't it? Because that's what you've been all your life. Yeah. And then suddenly, former from one day player. to the next, you are no longer a tennis player or a professional mm. tennis player. Yeah, hmm. but something I imagine now you've got to fill me in this because I don't I don't really understand mm. it. I sort of understand it is something that she Johanna Conta will be involved in and part of having played for Great Britain. Is that right? Am I? Ah, uh, yes. You're talking about uh, the Color Holders program. Yes. Which... Tell 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 us. Tell me about this. Yes. So I've actually been uh, involved. Uh, I've been part of the team, sort of putting this together. Well. I don't work for the LTA, I don't work for the governing body, it's it's their doing, it's their programme, but I've just been helping sort of advise on behalf of the players, because I am player representative on the LTA council currently, one of two uh, player representatives, so I represent the players' interests, so trying to, uh, I suppose, help them understand players' points of view, and they wanted to recognise colour holders, um, and, uh, you know, try and... Um, I think elevate the status of you know, players that have achieved that sort of thing. And being a colour holder is if you have represented Great Britain uh, in uh, Billie Jean King Cup, Davis Cup, Olympics and Paralympics. 
pretty much. Um, right. yeah. There's a couple of others, you know, because they're historical tournaments as well, like Whiteman Cup and those sorts of things. They also qualify, but in terms of now, that's how you would become a colour holder. So we've got a fantastic group of players. And um, it was quite the effort, I must say, because uh, the team at the LTA, we we decided the best way to do it was that would be that everybody got an individual number. So the very, very first player to represent Great Britain in the first Olympics, uh, where, not the first Olympics, <laughs> not talking about Athens here, <laughs> but the first Olympics where they had tennis, where they had tennis, um, which I think was like eight. 1996 or oh, I don't know I wasn't part of the historical <laughs> thing I, was I can like, see that I somebody can else that. can do that research <laughs> just let me know when it's done uh yeah so we started with number one all the way up to the present day uh we're at about 300 and something so Joe Salisbury was the latest player to uh represent Great Britain uh, at the Olympics this year so he is the latest color holder so it's across the board so everybody's on the same list and you each get your unique number and then you sort of get your jacket with your number on it your name and your number on it and you know you you get your place firmly in history which is what they do in a lot of sports you know you get caps and things in cricket you get your own number and uh you know football you get a cap every time that you play if you know what I mean. Um, and uh, yeah, so uh, that's that's what we've been working on and it's just been launched. Um, so yeah, I think everybody's pretty happy about it. We get a get a nice sort of uh, plaque and a crest and a badge and a number and uh, yeah, well, pat on the back. That's what we get. Well done, what, us. What's your number? 271. 271. Uh-huh, Has that always go. been a favourite number of yours? Well, well it is now. <laughs> uh, I didn't have a choice in, in the matter. It's not like you can pick your number. Um, so, yeah, two, I'm the 271st player to represent Great Britain. So that's cool. That doesn't seem... There haven't been that many after you then, or since you, have there? Three, I, really? think, uh, yeah, I think I think Joe was sort of 320. I mean, my... Oh, okay. Yeah, but, but that's only... Well, it's like 50 players, right? So I... Um, you know, but I I played about fifteen years ago, so it's not a lot. Yeah, it goes very yeah. slowly. Um, and so, in other sports, yeah, you mentioned football. They'll get a cap each time. So, was there ever talk of doing something where I don't know someone who's represented Great Britain fifty times would have something a little bit different or a little bit special to mark that, or you just decided on it would be your number for when you represented your country? Yeah, so we are we we have been talking about having um sort of levels. So initially we're just awarding everybody with their first color. So the first time they became a British color holder um and you know we have the date like a little plaque with the date and you know the crest and you are player number 271 whatever it is. Um and uh you yeah, so that's something they can sort of display at home um and feel good about that. But yes, we are moving forward. We are thinking that if somebody hits a certain number, they might get a silver color or a gold or, or whatever it might be. Um if uh, if they've represented that that many times for example. Um so yeah, no we we don't actually get we we discussed caps because we were looking at what other sports did. Because we were thinking, right, let's see what the ideas are. Like, what do other sports do? For and it just, Everybody does caps. Rugby, cricket, everybody does caps. Football, yeah, caps. Yeah. 
And really, we spoke to the players, and people don't really want caps, like an actual cap. Yeah, but um, you don't wear them, <laughs> do you? No. You display them. You wear all not... 25 of them at the same time. You don't, you don't sort of get it, thanks very much, and sort of wear it to the shops, do you? It's, it's symbolic rather than something you're going to yeah, wear. Yeah, sure. But we just found it a bit jarring to have caps in tennis. We just, we, and I thought maybe we could do visors, go to the Andy Roddick style visors, <laughs> the, the, the WTA visors we see a lot of. Um, oh, maybe no. just for the, but that could get confused with golf, perhaps. I don't know. Anyway, uh, no, I'm joking. But uh, yeah, it was, it was, <laughs> yeah. So it was just difficult really to, to, to work that out. You know, in some things, you know, you get like a blazer or a tie or a, whatever it might be. So it's still evolving, it's still work in progress, but we sort of got things uh, off and running. And really, it's, as I say, about elevating the status of, of players that have achieved something good in the sport and keeping them connected to the sport in some way. Because, you know, f- through being part of the Colour Holders programme, there's then more communication with the governing body and, you know, you sort of become a bit more relevant, which is uh, how it should be, really. I think it's really nice you hear this about football clubs. They do such a good job these days. But quite a few years ago, some clubs weren't involving the former players as much. And it meant so much to these guys to play for that club. And I think what football clubs have done really well in recent years is involve the former players, make them ambassadors. Maybe on a match day, they they host a corporate suite and people can talk to them about their memories because they want to be part of that club. They want to be part of a club that they gave so much for. And I think so. In, in your case, when you're giving the colours and the and the coat and the plaque, and it, it means a lot to someone who has achieved something. In this case, it's representing your country. But for those players, whatever sport, just to just to stay involved to a degree. Do you know what I mean? Just have yeah. some kind of recognition for for what you've done, whether it was one appearance or a hundred appearance. The fact that you got to that level where you were selected to represent your country. Yeah, no, I agree. And, and football is definitely a sort of model that we we looked at and, and sort of what they what they do um, with their former players. And, and that's it, isn't it? You know, we don't have clubs or teams, really. But we, you know, it's the sport. The sport is our sport. And you will not, you know, you know within um, tennis in this country, it'll be the same in tennis around the world. But you know, the people that run the sport are dedicated, passionate, they love the sport. There's so much that goes on, you know, sort of in, in the clubs and centres around the place and whether you're in performance or, or club tennis or, or whatever it is, um, there are so many passionate people. But, you know, my argument has always been that, that well, players are some of the most dedicated and passionate people this sport is that we made it our life. That's how much we, we love it. We have a, such a huge value, so much experience in the game. And, um, yeah, and I don't think it's out of turn to say that um, the relationship had been sort of a bit lost um, between the players and, and the governing body, only because, um, and when you sort of look at it, it just seems really obvious, really, because we only, as players, when you're playing, you only deal with the performance department, um, which is sort of, you know, because that's who you operate with, the coaches, you know, the physio teams. Also, as a player, you're so selfish and so you got your blinkers on and you can't see anything else. You can't see the wood for the trees. You just you just focus on yourself. Every, no one else matters. And, and that, again, that is sort of the way that it should be. That's how you get places. Um, but when we stop uh, playing, we're then not really involved with the performance team anymore because they're dealing with 
current players and they've got people going to the US Open and they've got juniors that are negotiating exams and how are we going to work around that? They've got stuff to do. And if you're not playing, you're not really a part of their sort of remit. Um, but then the, that's the only link that the players have with the LTA. So then once you've moved on, that link has uh, just been a little bit bit broken, really. Uh, and you don't have any other way to sort of get back in, involved with the LTA and, and look at... I mean, there's so many other departments, of course, whether competitions or schools or whatever it might be, um, uh, that we just don't really have much much to do with. So that's where it's sort of just gone a little bit wrong. So we're just going to try and bridge that gap and... Um, make uh yeah just make it a little bit more positive and a little bit um stronger in terms of the the connection that that the players feel i think it's important having that connection especially as you guys are are individual contractors and we talk about that so much that you kind of look after yourself so to have a link if you've got to that stage where you represented your country it do do tennis uh is this done around the world in tennis or is is the uk the first one to put this kind of thing in place no idea really um i know that there are certain places uh that do things just a little bit differently so somewhere like australia from talking to the australian players um it seems like they feel um quite well looked after once they finish their career it is um it's something that is really important and um so, for example, they have a big awards ceremony, uh, I think, in the off-season, don't they? And they all get glammed up. And all the players, you know, Ash Barty will be there to pick up her Player of the Year award. If she doesn't get Player of the Year award at the Australian award, I mean, come on. <laughs> She's won it loads of times. I'll go with you. I'm going Craig with Chico you on that. not taking that one. Um, <laughs> but, you know, all of the top players go. But also all of the award winners from around the country. So whether that's, you know, volunteers or the club of the year or this and that, and they all have this really nice big posh do. And it's, uh, again, a really good way for to connect that sort of high performance end with the grassroots of tennis. Everybody's in the same building picking up their awards, having a good time and celebrating Australian tennis. So they do things in, in, in that sort of way, whether they have a colour holders programme, I'm not I'm not so sure, and, and the numbers and things, but, you know, we're looking to... I say we, again, I don't work for the LTA, um, but they are looking to uh, build, uh, you know, build that, that relationship and that, and that, that program. So, um, and yeah, we're just going to have to figure out the, the right way that, that it works for us, I guess. And you mentioned Australia. I can confirm they do not have pantomime in Australia. I remember last week we were trying to figure out if they had it in America, or if it, but it's, it's niche. I think it's because I was having dinner with a friend from Australia and she went to the pantomime. She went, she went, it was great because we don't have it in Australia. I was like, aha. So I think it's very niche. I think it's very British. Yeah, that's what I thought. And But I would say, and again, I know travel's just, just don't at the moment. But when travel becomes easier, if you're in this part of the world around Christmas time, whether you have children or not, and you have an opportunity to see pantomime, do it because it is quite fun. I mean, once a year is enough for me. It's enough. But if you are over this way, because I don't think we explained it that well, come and see it. It's a bit mad and it's a bit mental. Can I, are you um, ready for Christmas? Can I, can I just yes. jump in? Sorry, I know you want yes. to talk about Christmas. But no. because we just missed one bit of uh, newsy stuff this week oh yes come on um in that there has been a player not going to australian open because of the vaccination situation and it's not djokovic well not at the moment anyway it's uh pierre Hugues herbert yeah he's the he's the first player to come out and say i haven't had it and it's it's up to me if I have it or not, and I'm not going. And I'm not. I'm not going to bring this back to Djokovic. <laughs> but I think. I think fair enough. 
Because again, I yeah, don't... but it's interesting because again, Mahu was talking about it. Like, what are the impacts going to be? Because I've been saying all along that at the moment it has seemed like it's just for this tournament and there haven't been any rumblings of other tournaments doing it. But it seems like in America, they're going to make it mandatory for those tournaments as well. Or there is a, there are at least rumblings. So that's putting out a lot of tournaments of your year. It's one thing just missing the Australian swing. But if that you're looking like 50% of your year, um, if uh, you can't play in, in the States as well. Uh, as as Australia, so I don't know. Where and it if went. you're playing a lot of doubles, and and that's a knock on effect to your partner. That's the other thing. Is if you're just a singles player, again, individual contractor, you're making your decisions, and and yes, that will in a term affect your team because you'll have people that earn money from you going to tournaments, your coaches, your physios. But I imagine if you you're heavily into doubles, you're affecting your partner, aren't you? So you've either got to sort of say, this is my stance, which is fair enough maybe you should find someone else to play with or we'll try and play together when we can. I mean, it's 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 not that straightforward because as you say, we still don't know how the rest of the year will pan out in terms of scheduling and, and countries suddenly saying, well, actually, we also think that you need to be vaccinated if you're going to come in. Yeah, so um, I, I wonder if he'll be the first of many or whether he'll be sort of a, a, lone, a lone ranger on his own. Um, with it uh we'll have to yeah we'll have to see tennis is such an international sport right yeah um you know we have so many you know people from different cultures and and there there are different attitudes towards vaccinations around the world even within sort of the western world it's very different here in the uk as it is in the states it's it's much more vaccine positive in the states there's much more skeptical in in europe in general um uh, just 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 historically with with vaccinations i mean that, that's just how it is so um i don't know whether the attitudes will be different yeah you just have to wait and see and to be honest it's difference between france and the uk because mother half is french and when we're discussing vaccinations whether it be for the children or for us you know things are done differently in france than they are in the UK so it's it's going to be interesting and look we have an entry list for Australia but people can still pull out and not go so I think we'll have a much clearer idea of how things stand in terms of the tennis world and the players and where they're at when we get to Australia you know all being well and those who aren't there you know they might come out and say okay this is the reason I'm not there so I think but the way things are going at the moment it's just I think everybody well look it's staying it's being sensible and staying safe right now in the lead up to to Christmas which I think I'm kind of prepared for Mm. I can't see a Christmas tree in the background does that mean you don't have one yet I got lights oh look they're nice got lights I like those I got lights I got a wreath and the baby's made a couple of uh, decorations at nursery so there we go really yeah he's advanced yeah yeah, no, wow. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm impressive. assuming I'm assuming he had no help had whatsoever. No help. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you are a proud mum. Uh. <laughs> right. Okay, well, speaking of that, I've just got to go and do a couple of things now because we've only got a couple of days left of school yeah. before all hell breaks loose and the children are at home and going mad and asking when Father Christmas is going to arrive. <sighs> so I've got two days of, of relative calm just to get those final bits done yeah. before the madness is unleashed on Friday afternoon. Are you going to go big with the Father Christmas stuff? Like, going to put some footprints and bits and pieces that he's been around? Or? Yeah, we do. They've already decided what they're going to leave out for him in terms of food. It's food that I I will obviously be eating. Hopefully no children are listening to this uh, under the age of 13. Um, But yes, they've decided what food they want to leave out. And last year we did 
do the the footprint. But I wonder with children if they really have an idea from an early age because in the build up to Christmas you see a lot of Father Christmases. They saw Father Christmas at the school fair and taking them to see Father Christmas on Tuesday. They saw another Father Christmas on a sleigh ride down the street of where we live. So that's already three they've seen. Mm. They've all looked very different yeah. from one another yeah. apart from the red and the varying lengths of beards. So you're kind of thinking, do they still believe this? But they are, yeah, we're, we're going big and the stockings are already hung out. Amazing. And... They're getting excited and we have a, a working chimney, so it has a, a real fire in it. And they've already told us we're not allowed a fire between now and Christmas Day because yeah. they don't want <laughs> Father Christmas to come down and there'd be a fire in the chimney, which is... Well, I mean, yeah. that must happen so, I mean, sensible to him. Sensible, right? It is, that's, but I'm thinking a week in advance. I think that's a bit... So there'll be no... F- fire in the chimney in our house on Christmas Eve because they're worried that Father Christmas will get a burnt bum. Aww. So, uh, yeah. So we're, we're look, they're, they're at the age now where it's it's all about Christmas, believing everything. So it's, uh, no, it, it is fun. It is exciting. But it's just, it's just mental. Mm. It's exciting, but mental. So, Yay. but I'm ready. I'm ready for it. Yay. And I'll have my cold showers in the morning and then I'll have the madness the rest of the day. Cold showers. What a Christmas. Yeah. Tomorrow, I'll make it. <laughs> I will make Ingrid tomorrow. I'll do it. I'll complete it. Yes. Yay. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>